understand that. It's a deception. And, uh, you know, people that would go out and, and there's just such a lack of regard for life that a young person could get frustrated, grab mom and dad's gun and go kill a bunch of people. You know, and I don't know what the evolutionists expect. They want us to believe that we're animals. They want us to believe that the way we got to this enlightened state that we're in today is, is by the strong surviving and the, the weak being destroyed and run out. I mean, that's how Hitler thought. Evolution is such a lie. And people, there, we have a crisis of parenting. There's a crisis of good mom and dad. There's a crisis of culture. And, and we got most human beings are not rightly, accurately thinking correctly about themselves. And uh, I was reminded about something the Spirit of God said to me years ago. Uh, I, I've never heard anyone really articulate this the, the, the same way. But so you could judge it, what God said uh, to me. And he said, the Spirit of God, well, the Spirit of God, I'm reading from my notes. He said, the greatest source. Now, that eliminates every other thing but this. The greatest source of difficulty in my children's lives is and always has been that they don't know who they are in Christ. We'll say that again. Let's think about that with me. Let's just judge it. The greatest source of difficulty in my children's lives is and always has been that they don't know who they are in Christ. Well, praise God. You know, that tells me that not knowing who I am in His sight, amen, who I am in Christ, creates difficulties in my life. You know, the word difficulty, I looked it up, it, a difficulty is something that's hard. Something that's hard. Hard to deal with. Hard to do. Hard to carry out. You ever come up on a school subject that was just hard for you? You know? That means, what do you mean? It's just difficult. It's just, you know, it's, it's hard to carry out, hard to comprehend, hard to understand, hard to thrive, hard to succeed, hard to do well. Amen. Uh, one of the definitions was uh, something that's difficult, something that's hard to manage. And so many, it's so sad, but of course it's, it was prophesied. Uh, Paul talked about it a long time ago that in the last days, some will depart from the faith. They just give up on it. They, 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 weren't, they, they had the faith. They walked in the faith. They knew Jesus. They gave it up. They walked away. They shipwrecked their life. They shipwrecked. They just totally walked away from the Word. Walked away from church. Walked away from prayer. Walked away from walking with God. They just gave up on it. It's going to happen more and more in the last days. Amen. And then in Luke, Jesus, Luke chapter 21... Jesus talked about one of the signs of the last days is that men's hearts will fail them for fear for things that they see coming on the earth. And uh, so many, why would people, why would someone abandon their faith? Well, in part, it would be because they judged the Christian life. It's too hard. It's just too hard. It's too hard to live that way, Pastor Chris. 
It's too hard to live clean. It's too hard to live, uh, you know, in, in a right marriage. It's just too hard to live hard to, not to drink, not to smoke, to do this, to do that, to do all that God requires, to be a tither, all oh, to pray, all oh, to have to come to church, to do all the things you take. It's just too hard. It's too difficult. Listen, if the Christian life you're living is difficult and hard, you're not living it right. We're not living it right. Come on, we're not living it right. Jesus said in Matthew 11, I believe, He said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, come and learn of me. Come and learn of me and take my yoke upon you, right? He said, "You come and learn of me and find rest for your souls. What would that be? Rest for your minds. Rest for your emotions. Rest for your, your feelings. You, he said, you'll find that I'm meek, I'm mild, I'm lowly, Right? I'm not harsh. I'm not overburdening. He said, take my yoke upon you and you'll find that it's light and easy to be born, easy to be carried. So if your Christian life that you're endeavoring to walk out is not light and easy, you're carrying a burden Jesus didn't put on you. And I'm inviting you today to throw it off. Amen. Not knowing our value, not knowing our worth, not knowing who we are in Christ makes living the Christian life hard. When you're born of the Spirit, but you try to live your Christian life in the flesh, you're going to be a frustrated person. Right? Again, you know me, I'm endeavoring to be led. Keep your finger here in 2 Corinthians, but go, back, go over to Galatians. Just, it's, it's the next book over to the right from where you are. Galatians chapter 3. Praise God. Because you know, you'll get under the anointing, you'll see things you didn't get behind your desk studying. <clears throat> Glory to God. You know, and I've been guilty of making the Christian life hard. By trying to please God. You ought to want to please God. I want to please God. But it's so easy to step over into a works-based, fleshly, performing type of mentality. And you just put a burden on yourself that is heavy, that Jesus didn't put on you. Amen. And you're not going to, get, you're not going to accomplish the, the desired goal. <laughs> so in Galatians chapter 3, Verse number one, Paul said, O foolish Galatian, Galatians or Christians. Now Galatians is, you know, where they live, but he's writing to Christian people. Notice this, who hath bewitched you, who's tricked you, that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth and crucified among you. This only would I learn. He goes, I have a question for you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? What's the answer to that? How many of you have received the Holy Ghost in the new birth? I have. 
How many of you have received the Holy Ghost in the form of the baptism with the Holy Ghost? I have. Well, did you get that because you worked real hard? That you deserved it? You earned it? No, you, we receive salvation by the hearing of faith. We receive the Holy Ghost by the hearing of faith. Now notice verse 3. Are you so foolish? Now don't get too critical of them. Judge yourself. Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Just for curiosity's sake, I have my Amplified Bible here. Let's see how the Amplified might render that. Galatians 3, 3 in the Amplified. Are you so foolish and so senseless and so silly? Having begun your new life spiritually with the Holy Spirit, are you now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh? When we shift over unintentionally or intentionally, having begun our walk with God by receiving an absolutely free, unearned gift from Jesus. <laughs> now trying to please this same Jesus through human effort and fleshly works. You're going to think the Christian life is hard. And it's going to be hard. But that's not the way God intends the Christian life to be lived. Amen. So now you could go over to second, back to 2 Corinthians, I believe. And let's read this verse. Many of you know it. Verse number 17 says, Therefore, if anyone, if any man, be good that day. No. If they be in Christ. Can you get in Christ? Yeah, that's the only way you're going to get saved. And the only way to have anything good in your life is to get in Him. If anyone be in Christ, he will be when he gets to heaven? He is. She is. Say, I am. Come on. A new creation. Hallelujah. I am a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, how many things? All things are become new. All things are become new. Glory to God. Difficulties arise when you and I measure our worth according to anything related to the old man. To the old man of sin that is dead. The old man, the old person you and I used to be is dead. Dead. Gone. All the sin. All the mistakes. All of the wrong is gone. You're an entirely new person. You got the same bones that you had. The same hair, if you had hair, amen, that you had. You got the same skin and same outward features. But the man on the inside, is he's not restored. He's not forgiven. He, he's not got a fresh start. He is new. He's a brand new man. 
but we remember the old man. Don't we? We remember who we were. Now, you say, well, Pastor Chris, I, I, that, yeah, I got saved a long time ago, but I got issues today. Well, the issues today are still fruit of the old man. That's why Paul told born-again, spirit-filled Christians in Ephesians, put on the new man. Put on the new man. You see, the new man is a new man in spirit. But your flesh and your mind, come on, are not, they're not touched by the new birth. And they have inherent sin in them. They have inbred weakness in them. Right? Now our minds are supposed to be progressively, ongoingly renewed by the Word of God. Amen? But so much of the time, the Christian life becomes difficult because we conduct all of our life, we conduct our interactions with God, we feel spiritual if we performed well in the flesh, and we feel condemned and guilty and unworthy to have good things from God, to have the blessing of God and the favor of God if we did not perform so well that day in the flesh. See, what we're doing, we're new on the inside, but we're conducting daily life with the Father based on how the outward man, the fleshly man, does that day. God does not assign our value, thank God, based on how the flesh performs. He sees us in Christ. <laughs> Aren't you glad? Now, Paul, you look really good today. You look sharp dresser. But I tell you what, you look a whole lot better in Christ Amen. than you do outside of Him. Amen. And so do I and all of us. <laughs> Amen? Yeah, I don't care how pretty you think you are. Outside of Christ, we all ugly. And stained. And tainted. Yeah, I know what I'm telling you. I got no worth. I got no value. See, you got to stop that. Now, all of humanity, apart from Christ, is condemned. Sin. There's no good. Paul said, there is no good thing in me that is in my flesh. That's kind of where I got the statement, if you see any good in me, it's the God in me. You see any good in me, it's the God in me. And that's it. Yeah, I know, there's just no worth. Listen, <laughs> we have worth in Him. We have value in Him. Praise God. So it is imperative the way the Christian life is intended to be lived is we identify with the new man, not the old man. We conduct our life. We conduct our fellowship with God. Not based on the old man or the, or the fleshly part of our nature, but we, we conduct our life. Come on. We live our life spirit to spirit. Amen. Deep calleth unto deep, the psalmist said. I'm living out of my new man, not my old man. And I'm identifying with the, one, the person I am in Christ, not the person I am outside of Him. Anybody getting this today? Praise the Lord. You know, I can tell you by my own experience, trying to earn a place of favor 
in God's eyes is hard. <laughs> it's hard. Maybe you'll have better luck than me. I'm just that flawed in my outer man. Trying to earn through works the pleasure of God is hard. Near impossible. Amen? We need to walk in the light of who we are in Christ. Amen? You know, failing to receive the blessings of God by faith shackles us, shackles us, and we come into bondage when we do anything but accept by faith the free gift of God. Everything else is bondage. Everything else is going to lead us into a, a very difficult place. The only, the, you know, the only way for God to bless our lives is on the basis of what Jesus did. Period. Period. We have no other basis by which we could be blessed. Because if we think, well, we want to start talking about our merits, well, that leads us to pride. Pride is a sin and cuts us off from the blessings of God. If we magnify our shortcomings and our faults and our weaknesses in our old man and our natural man, that leads to condemnation and guilt. In either direction, you're not going to walk in the fullness of the blessings of God. Amen? To have a strong, robust faith that receives, you must, you must walk by faith out of your identity in Him. Your identity in Christ. Amen? So let's talk for a moment about defining our worth. Uh, I don't believe in self-worth. Any psychological phrase that begins in self, I reject. I don't believe in having a positive self-image. Because it's not, built on any, it's not built on a sure enough foundation. Well, I'm all that because I'm hot. I'm, I'm physically attractive. Well, time's going to get you, brother. You're going to build your self-esteem on that. Listen, gravity's working on you. Father, time is going to have his way with you. Right? You know what they say to the young men about choosing their wife. Look at their mama. That's what they're going to look like, you know. Praise God. Better be sure you like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you sure wouldn't want to, you know, you sure wouldn't want to build... Build your, your worth, your measure of worth, based on the way you look. That's vanity. There's a magazine called that, right? You know, that's vanity. Right? I mean, I don't care what thing you want to pick, pick it out on. If it starts with self, you're defeated. I don't believe in self-worth. I don't believe in self anything. I'm trying. Praise God. Amen. Uh, well, I'm really, really smart. Who gives a rip? 
Who really gives a rip how smart you are? There is a lot more smarter people than you. You know, I like to go into the gym at about uh, between 10 and noon because that's when they have all the old-timer classes. And so whatever I put on the bar looks good. <laughs> it looks, look, yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not in that class in the plexiglass where they're doing this as exercise, you know, and thank, you know, praise God. Hey, that's, you know, move it or lose it. But see, all, all that is comparison is a, such a deception and it leads us into defeat. If you or I try to define and measure our value and worth by natural human standards, that's defeating and very depressing. <laughs> right? Amen. So many people, they view themselves as worthy of less. Worthy of less than. They, they expect... Uh, bad things to come into their life. And oftentimes they do. Because they, they have assigned themselves a less than value. In our mentoring class, we've been reading after a couple of secular authors. Uh, not because we don't believe in the word, because it's, it's just a unique perspective of how a sinner can bump into a principle from God accidentally, and when they work it, it works even for a sinner. And uh, one of the authors has made this statement that she said, if you're very far into adulthood at all, you have no one to blame for anything and everything going on in your life because you created it, you attracted it, you brought it into your life by the way you think inwardly, unconsciously about yourself. I'm sure she didn't know that Proverbs 23, 7 was a verse. That as a man thinks in their heart, so are they. Why don't things go right? Why? Just seems like, it's like my dad said, Chris, it just, man, I look at you and it looks like you fall into a big pile of poo and come out smelling like a rose. <laughs> well, hallelujah. You know, praise God. Chalk it up to the blessing. Uh, you know, amen. And, uh, but other people, they expect the exact, if it's Murphy's Law, if it's going to happen, if bad, it's going to happen to me. And see, it's a, they, they begin into this flow, they believed lies that their mom and dad told them, that somebody told them. You know, it's amazing what little thing can mark a person. Like not getting picked on the playground. And you got someone in their 60s still marked by not getting picked on the playground. By not being voted most athletic as a senior in high school, or whatever it is they thought was cool. <clears throat> right? We need to get into the Word. The successful Christian life is one that's lived having discovered and actively walking in the light of what the New Testament says that they are in Christ. 
over 133 scriptures in the New Testament that tell us something as a Christian. Who am I? What do I have? And what can I do because I'm in Christ? Amen. And we don't just get that. We have to learn it. We have to study it. We have to discover it. Once we discover it, we must declare it, meditate on it, build that into our inner consciousness. Amen? That I am who God says I am. God has said what you are, what you have, what you can do. And it's up to you and I to find out. Amen? And then like a branding iron, burn that onto our spirits until all of that old, inferior, broken, human stuff gets flushed out of our system. Amen. Amen. Listen, I can do all things. Uh, I was reading different translations of that this morning. Uh, And really, one of them, my favorites, is something to the effect of, I am equal to everything that would come. I'm equal to every, anything that would come into my life because Christ strengthens me daily. Amen. Not because of me, but because of Christ in me. Praise God. Well, when you first discover scriptures like that, like 2 Corinthians 5.17, that you're a new creation, it, that may seem so dead to you, so unreal. But practice what Pastor Nancy taught us. Meditate on that. That's how you, by meditation, but you drive that down deep into your spirit until it becomes a part of your identity. Hallelujah. Life will be different for you if you'll do that. Amen. I was talking some months and months ago to a young lady and uh, this precious young gal, she uh, uh, had come across her life and and she had, uh, well, I think, uh, three kids from three different men and going through the crisis and the aftermath of this latest man disaster. And speaking to her, I said, sweetie, why, why do you keep picking losers like that? Why? You've repeated this. I'm not out to beat you up, but I want to know why. Why do you do that? And she told me why. She said, well, because I just thought I'm not a virgin. And no good Christian boy's going to want me. And so the way she thought and the way she assigned value She picked a horrible life for herself to live, sentencing herself to difficulty and hardship and tears and rejection because she didn't count herself worthy of of a good Christian man that would love her. I'm telling you, this stuff is real. And people are, maybe in their conscious thought, They're not out to destroy their life. But down here on the inside, they believe themselves to be worthy of a punching bag, to be rejected and used. And they go out and produce that cycle after cycle after cycle because their sense of worth is not grounded in the Word. 
right? People sabotage their own lives because they think unconsciously that's what they deserve, a sabotaged life. Listen, none of us deserve anything but hell, fire, and brimstone. None of us. None of us. None of us. In the mind of God, when God looks at humanity without Jesus, He said, there's none good. The one in the palace, the one in the presidential office, there is none good in God's sight. Their righteousness is as filthy rags in His sight. All have gone astray, the Bible said. None have done righteously. None of us. So if we want to play that card, we're all in that sinking ship together. The only hope for all of us is Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) You just got to get over whatever you got to get over. So you had sex before you got married. A lot of people in that boat today. Listen, there is no sin that the blood of Jesus can't remove that stain. None, none, none. There is no failure that God can't undo by His blood, by the blood of Jesus. Amen. God didn't make me a pastor because of my righteousness. He made me a pastor because everyone who really knew me would know that's God. That's God up there working. That that is God because I knew Him. That is God right there, guys. Write that down next to the Red Sea miracle right there. That's God. God doesn't choose the wise. God doesn't choose the chosen ones. God doesn't choose the popular. God doesn't choose the smart ones. Right? This is my way. This is how you should comprehend our president. I'm not being disrespectful. How do we make sense as Christians in God's elevating President Trump to that office? He chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, my brother. Praise God. Hallelujah. God doesn't choose us because of our merit. He didn't say, ooh, that boy's got the stuff. Let's put him up there. No, that's not how it went down. I told you my story about Tanya McDonald. It's one of my first times on stage where I thought it really mattered. I'm going to sing a duet with a, in a talent show and, and win the arm of a pretty girl. And I got up there and went, what's the words? They started the track over a couple times. I'm like, I ain't got it. I'm too, I just ran off the stage in shame. Sure did. I never got a date with Tanya McDonald. (laughs) Never did. Never did. Y'all know what the cotton mouth is? Not the snake. You get up on it and your tongue swells up five times its normal size. And your mouth inside your mouth feels like you've been walking around the Mojave Desert for about a week and a half. That's me, brother. I'm just telling you. What did God pick me for this for? I'm still trying to figure it out. Right? People who measure their worth in the natural, they magnify their weaknesses and shortcomings. 
They believe the lies the devil has told them about themselves. And because of all that, they settle for far less than what God has for them. They have disqualified themselves in their own thinking. Remember what Pastor Nancy, I think she uttered this during the meeting last weekend. She said that God told her, I call her Pastor Nancy, he calls her Nancy. Nancy, if you listen to everything the devil says to you, he's going to steal from you everything I've blessed you with. Think about that. If we're going to listen to the wrong people and what they think and say about us, the devil's going to rob from us. People have died when they could have been healed. They thought they were worthy of dying, so they died. See, faith needs to be built on the truth of righteousness. Amen? Not my righteousness, the righteousness I got from God. So again, I want to repeat that. Uh, God told Pastor Nancy, if you listen to everything the devil tells you, he's going to rob you of everything I've blessed you with. God can't save you. You've gone too far. You know, Brother Hagin said that he asked a, a, a guy in a, that was overseeing a medical ward, is that right? Uh, that over 80% of those people in that insane asylum believed that they had committed the unpardonable sin. That's why they were there. They lost their mind over that lie that the devil told them. You've, you've sinned too much. God does it. He couldn't love you. He couldn't help you. You've crossed some line. Please. See, the Christian life lived under condemnation, rejection, guilt, and shame. That's not going to make it. Amen? So let me close just real quick today by uh, trying to give you a thought about how then should I measure my worth? What am I worth? Well, when we were seeking loans for this building, we had to have an appraisal. And an appraisal, of course, you know, is someone's going to come in and assign a value. And so when you sell a real estate, when you sell a home, right, you had to have an well, you bought a home, you had to have an appraisal. And what that person, that appraiser would go out and say, well, I'm going to find homes very similar in this area to yours, and I want to know what they paid. Because what someone paid is indicative of its value. So how are you and I supposed to determine our value? Let's do an appraisal. The Bible says that you and I are not our own. We, do, we are not our own. We were bought with a price. What price? Fort Knox and all its gold wouldn't do it. God gave His only begotten sinless Son that whosoever would believe upon Him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. The price God paid for you and me is the blood of His Son. He only had one. And think about Him. He's all righteous. Nothing but righteous. Perfect deity. Deity died 
for Paul Floyd. That ought to tell you something about what Paul Floyd is worth. It ought to tell you something you really need to know about what God thinks you're worth. Come on, whoever was popular for a few days on a playground, you're really going to let them define your worth when the creator of the cosmos gave his son to redeem your life? Hello. Amen. Oh, I got to hurry. Praise God. Only God, only God can define our worth. Only God. He created us. He made us. He formed us. He thought us up. He fashioned us. And only He can define our worth. Amen? So just a couple of statements and we'll be close, done sooner than you think here. The Bible says in Psalm 139 that you and I were fearfully and wonderfully made. That God formed us and fashioned us in our mother's womb. And that all the days of our life are already written in His book. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 139, verse 17 and 18, How precious also are your thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand of the sea. So all of these thoughts, the psalmist said, are precious, meaning they're good, not bad thoughts. They're precious thoughts. They're good thoughts. Like a father's thoughts, a mother's thoughts over her children. Right? Stay with me. You you with me? Evidently, the University of Hawaii attempted a scientific estimate. How many grains of sand are there on the beaches of the world? Now, that wouldn't be all the sand, I don't think, right? Because the bottom of the ocean is sand. And anyway, let's just take the sand on the beaches in the known world today. Their best estimate is that there are seven quintillion Grains of sand on the beaches of the world. That is a 75 with 17 zeros following it. God is thinking about you. A lot. Listen, they tell us that even the term billion, which has become common to us today, is almost inconceivable in its scope. Trillion is way out there. But you have to go two or three more measures out there, like quadrillion, well, I don't even remember it all, to get to quintillion. This is how God thinks about you. He is, to me, what's that tell me? I know it's poetic language. He is consumed with you. He is totally and utterly consumed with the thought of you. To do you good. To help you. To cause your dreams to come to pass. To bless you beyond your wildest imagination. 
The Bible says in Deuteronomy 32.10 that you and I are the apple of God's eye. Right? Who cares that, you know, you asked some girl out on a date and they said no. Get over yourself. Right? Amen. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.1, God chose us. He chose us. They didn't choose me. God did. You know, the guy that made Jupiter, he chose me. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in Genesis 1.26 that you and I are created, created, created in His likeness and after His image. In Romans 8.29 and 30, it says that we are, this is what the Bible tells you about you, you're predestinated, you're called, justified, and glorified. Verse 32 says that God spared not His own Son for you. How will He not with Him also? See, if He didn't withhold His Son, how will He not with Him also freely give us all things? Everything. Everything. You want a baby, mamas? He'll give you one. <laughs> Amen. You want a home? He'll give you one. Praise God. You want to be blessed? That's what He wants. Amen. God's free gift has qualified you and me for all. Amen? I'm out of time. God's free gift has qualified us all for all. You and I are equally qualified for healing, for deliverance, for divine protection, for the ministry of the angels, for prosperity, for peace. For joy. Amen? Amen? The differences we see among people is not God's choice. It's different levels of light and understanding that people are walking in in, in spiritual matters. Amen? I want you to work on yourself not to please God, but I want you to spend some time this week looking into the Scriptures to find out who am I in Him. Read, read books like Ephesians. Look for Scriptures that say, in Christ, in Him, in whom. And when you come across it, it may seem dead to you, like I am complete in Him. That's what the Bible says. No, I'm broken, I've just fallen to pieces. No, you're complete, baby, you are. You are. Begin to say and believe what God says about you. Amen? Amen. Well, let's stand up today. Praise the Lord. Did you get something? Good. Good.